how'd you come up with the name slapback <laughs> it, it actually came from cold slapback the song all right <clears throat> i uh that that was written when i had jerry sound and and then i was weird and uh getting so desperate you just start calling out anything then you start calling out band uh song names and one of us said cold-blooded slapback and i said well what about just slapback and we'll spell it wrong b-a-k <laughs> and the backwards b who came up with that actually uh scott, when scott julian and verdine white were managing slapback that's when scott julian came up with that uh uh backwards b yeah a lot of people, yeah. people forget verdine white used to manage slapback which is uh Really interesting. What's what's you, what's, what's you like? I've not I've not met Verdine. I um, uh, had Larry Dunn on this show not too long ago, but I've never. Oh, met okay. Him. Yeah, Verdine is. He, that man has a lot of energy. I tell you that. <laughs> yeah. First thing Verdine told me when we first met, he goes, "You're probably too young to have seen uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire live." I go, "Actually, yeah, I I never had a chance to see Earth, Wind, and Fire live," and he goes. Well, it's a good thing because if you did, you quit. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, oh, it's great. Well, I'm glad I didn't see you guys because I don't want to quit. Verdine's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. great. He's he's a good he's a good friend still. Yeah. So did guys like Bootsy or Verdine show you any bass tricks? No. Shame. Come on, Boots. So I just remember when I picked up Bootsy's bass, and I'm just like, you wear this through a whole set? His bass is so heavy. That star bass? Yeah. Bootsy's got some strong shoulders, I tell you that. He's a big guy. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, and I don't know if you knew I played with Morris Day in the time. Did you know that? Did not know. Yeah, so I did. That's kind of my vein. after the first two records, I kind of eased back on slapback and I started uh, doing some uh, uh, some gigs that I was hired as a bass player. And so I played with Morris Day in a Time back in '97. Then when Slapback was doing more, you know, we were Digital Underground's band. Slapback would play first, and then they would come and join us on our set. Then we would do the Digital Underground set. That sounds like it was a lot of fun. And it's funny because Shock G saw us play. We warmed up for Digital Underground back in 97. He remembered us and looked us up in 2005 when he wanted to put this band together. And he found our website. And my manager's like, Yeah, Shock G's trying to get a hold of you guys. I'm like, He is? I never met him, but we warmed up for him at the belly up. In 97, and I didn't even get to see their show because I had to go off to another gig. So I never even met him. But then Shock G, you know, he's those guys, and that's why Shock G loves P Funk so much. We all come from the school of P Funk. So naturally, it's easy for Shock G and I to vibe together. So he he got on a couple slapback songs and stuff, you know. Good guy, too. I haven't talked to him lately. I heard he's he's a little different. <laughs> so when you were with uh, the time, Jared, was it challenging to play that material, especially like the uh, 777 and 311 groove? Mm. Playing bass? No. 
but the the thing about the time is uh they i'm used to having to coach bands and stuff like that so if someone told me in slapback hey can you help me with this i'm glad to help because i i feel like they're uh they care enough to get it right <laughs> so when i got on the time gig I just I didn't audition. They just Morris was gonna use Slapback back when we were on Warner Brothers when he had guaranteed the guaranteed solo record out he had. It was gonna be Slapback doing what we did with Digital Underground, like Slapback warm up, then we were gonna be Morris Day's band. So Morris had come to a few Slapback shows. <clears throat> he knew who I was, obviously, and and Ter Tori Ruffin was playing guitar with them. And my name came up and he just it was kind of a done deal. Like, oh if Jared could do it, that yeah, that'll work. So they reached out to me and they were on tour. So I never rehearsed with them. They sent me a VHS tape of their show. And uh, Tori Ruffin, since he lived in LA, he was supposed to work with me. <laughs> I worked with Tori one time. He's like, oh man, you got it. You know, he didn't spend any time, any time with me. So it took, I flew out to Kentucky for the first show. Morris came in the room chewing popcorn. Hey, Jared, what's going on? You know, catching up. And uh, we had sound check that night. And we played that night, no rehearsal. And I was like, these guys are tight. You know, Morris Day and the Time is tight. And to just walk in, I was like, wow, this is good for me. That's wow. I'm like, I finished that show just like, okay, this is going to take some work. <laughs> Did you have to do the chili sauce slide and that kind of oh, stuff? Yeah, all that stuff. But the, I, it's funny you mentioned 777 That was the hardest song. To play and do the moves you know it doesn't look that hard but just the timing it took a while by the third by the third show though i was sitting in sitting in the group pretty good you know but i had some great times with those guys i just saw them last year did you happen to play at the house of blues with them no i didn't do any la show every show i did with them at that time happened to be either in the south you know uh, we never played. I never played LA with them. But oh, Slapback, man. but then a year later, after I wasn't playing with them, Slapback warmed up for him at the House of Blues. Then I came out on their set and did chili sauce with them. <laughs> yeah, look at guys. <clears throat> so you guys came out with uh, If It Ain't Broke, Don't Funk With It in 1995. And that was the next record I got because, frankly, I was unaware. Of a blue light special, you know, yeah, because um, so it was never released. Oh, well, that's a good reason, yeah, then. yeah, yeah. it's never released. <laughs> I thought maybe you gave it out at shows or something. No, you know, we I didn't even make it available till late, late 90s, yeah. you know, when I started making copies of CDs and stuff, and I had to start, you know, print out the, the artwork and just would sell it, but uh, yeah, there's. That was it was never released. So you had the first version of uh, "If It Ain't Broke, Don't Funk With It," the '95 version. Yeah. Oh, cool! How'd you get that? Well, when it was in the stores, I mean, I got it. That well, the second one was in the stores. That one with the uh, with the Converse and the yeah, that's uh, the one I have. Okay, yeah, yeah, that yeah. So I came out. There was the first version that came out '95. That one came out '96. Okay. Yeah, we, we so, come to jam. As far as I knew, though, that was the, the second slapback record. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. It was, just, it was the second release. Yeah. So yeah. And that was on which label? 
Raging Bull, which was Joe Escrow. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you know any, anything about Joe Escrow, but Joe Escrow was a big radio promoter. He was famous for, uh, like, you know, he big part of Thriller getting played on the radio. Joe Escrow was kind of the mobby kind of uh, character, you know? Uh, and there's he's there's a whole chapter on him in that book Hitman. Yeah, I read that book. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I didn't know that much about Joe Escrow at the time that we were on the label, but uh, all I knew is that a lot of the the funk bands I like were going to Raging Bull. They had Cameos record, the one that had Slide on it. Uh, so that was their first record after the one on Warner Brothers. So they went to Raging Bull. Raging Bull had all these uh, Rick James and uh, Act at the Emotions. So I got. So I thought, hey, these guys understand funk. This would be great. So I actually pursued them, and um, that was right after the OJ thing. So they were interested because their OJ was going to do a video with us. <laughs> I didn't know crazy we don't have time for that story but yeah that's <laughs> there's some interesting things that have happened over the years <laughs> yeah well the oj thing i'll never forget ever because uh you know i was getting ready to watch the nba finals game with my friend and i was living in uh fox hills culver city yeah yeah and of course they preempted it for the bronco chase yeah and, and watching that and then the bronco it's going down the 405 and they're chasing it. And I lived right next to the 405. Wow. I could hear the helicopters and see them outside my window. And then yeah. watching on TV, it was just so surreal. It was nuts. Yeah, it was nuts. So, yeah, when he, when he got out of jail, when he was acquitted, uh, Milton Grimes, who was uh, 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 Rodney King's attorney, was a friend of a buddy of mine. And they were talking with OG about being in Slapex video. Because at the time he was the most famous guy on the planet. You know? And again, it just comes from like probably where I grew up. And they, they're like, look, even if it's bad promotion, everyone will know who Slapback is. It was very tempting. But then part of me is like, that's not gonna, that's not gonna happen. Long story short, I ended up OJ ended up calling me one time and my girlfriend's like, hey, OJ's on the phone. I'm like, what? <laughs> we met, got together, met you met the whole band. We went and ate at Harpoon Henry's and hung out for like three hours and had a meeting about he was serious. And uh I didn't know that Dana Point was the Nicole Brown's family's backyard. And uh I, I didn't follow I didn't follow the uh the case like a lot of people did. So I didn't have any I didn't have any really strong feelings toward it, but I just knew that it was a, the whole top topic was taboo. So I didn't, I ended up deciding not to do it. But then that's when we signed to uh, Raging Bull. Cause I signed with them like, we don't need to do this. We have another deal, you know? And I decided not to do it. I think that's fine. Yeah, 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 for sure. Cause I know some people that be, uh, they get so emotional with that stuff. They actually, they get hurt by it. Cause they have so much, emotion following this following this i don't know why that was aired for everybody to watch in the first place yeah yeah, yeah. 
So off that record, though, Sway, of course, was like the hit that I knew off it. Um, how'd you feel about how that record performed and how it turned out? You know, was it was it your vision? Well, the, the, there was a version that was on the video that was played on BET that was on, on, on rotation. But then the remix is the one that, uh, if you can find it, is worth some money. That one and we we come those two. That one and we come to jam and both have fingers doing talk box on them, on them, on those. And the Latin community Latin community really took to those two particular songs. And I back when I thought nothing was happening with Slapback, I find out that you know, like Cholos and everyone, they all loved we come to jam and DJs play we come to jam and. They were buying We Come to Jam vinyl for 500 bucks off of eBay and all this stuff. I'm like, what? Can I get a percentage? <laughs> you know? It's, man, it's just interesting. You just never know what to expect. Yeah. You know? It, it's, there's been times where I'm just like this. It was a good run. I tried, but it's just nothing's happening. Then all of a sudden I find out, you know, in Europe, this is happening. Then we all end up going to Europe and, and touring over there. You know what I mean? It's just such an up and down thing. And I've never had solid management. And I think uh, that would have helped in the whole venture of having like a solid management. But, you know, we'd always call it the curse of slap. <laughs> <laughs> how, how, did your, how, did you, how did your relationship uh, end with that? Enterprise with uh, with the, rage, the raging uh, oh, oh rage, uh, raging bull, yeah. How'd that end? Well, it, it didn't end, it didn't end pretty because uh, they did we come, they did we come to jam, ended up you know, there's some shyster stuff going on with the label, and I had an investor, so it was like a joint thing. I had toxic funk records. And they were like, the, you know, the distributors. So my investors spent like $60,000 on Sway because I was going to be the next. No, it's been, sorry, $60,000 on We Come to Jam and things didn't go right. And so they said, you know, we'll put, we'll make this happen with Sway. We'll make it up with Sway. And then when Sway came, all of a sudden, uh, uh, the uh, distributor that they were using uh, called, uh, uh, it went bankrupt or whatever. So it was just a lot of wasted money and they just kind of got away with just saying, you know, we went bankrupt and he ended up going to jail two years later. But I remember my manager wanting to really go after them hard and he did some research on them in New York and he came back and he, he didn't say anything else about it after that. He's like, no, these guys are the real deal. And he just said, I'm not going to chase this. I'm not going to shake not going to shake these guys because they, they do things kind of, kind of gangster. So we cut our losses. I'm like, fine, I'll just do another slapback record. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you kept them coming. If you go to the slapback uh, website, you'll see them all there. Um, yeah. But you know, there's uh, future void and uh, return of the past funk, funk tears. Mm -hmm. um, I like, I like you black, be black for black radio. Yeah, well, that's one of my favorites. Oh, nice. 
<laughs> yeah, that's great. I don't even I don't even think I have that artwork anymore. Oh wow, you have that one. You have that one. That's the original one. That's great. Yeah. You might have to scan that artwork for me and send it to me. Hey, <laughs> no problem. I don't, I don't have the artwork. It all went up in the fire. I don't have that artwork anymore. Who drew this? I did. Oh, you did? Yeah. I did. And that's why we thought it was so funny because I'm, I'm not good at drawing. So we're just like, <laughs> everybody liked that though. It was like, a, it was also, it was almost going to be a video concept, that whole, um, Stink Patrol, and and it was like a story behind it. Yeah, we're talking about Shock G. Yeah, right. So we ended up putting that on Underground Mayhem. A lot of albums, which I noticed George was doing a lot, would have kind of some songs from the other record on there. But it was really because there was so much, there was so much uh, changes with who's putting something out or. You guys can just keep that record, and we're just going to go to this. You know what I mean? There's so much of that happening that uh, we never just had a chance to just say, "Okay, we're doing this record and just start fresh." And except for my solo record, <clears throat> that's the first one in a long time. Yeah, that's what was confusing to me is I would see uh, some of the tracks on different sets. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, so on the website, I finally just condensed it and. and like since the key wasn't selling anymore, I just put some songs from the key on T Black for Black Radio because it was that same era. And then the songs, so they didn't have the same songs from T Black from Black Radio on Underground Mayhem. The key is a great cut though. That was a good one. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I like that one too. That's fun. So if somebody was just looking to get into Slotback, say they're watching you now. Mm. What would you tell them to start? You know, the the compilation is a good place to start. The funk compilation, because that that's kind of the you know clips from Bastu Funketeers all the way up to you know 2012, and which has like Dance All Night and uh, Token Lover and that the the newer stuff. You know it's. Um, I highly recommend also is uh, this. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of covers on here, but yeah. man, you guys do justice to those covers. Oh, um, wow, thank you. That is, that's a big compliment. Some of the best versions I've heard other people do of things like Disco to Go. Um, oh, yeah. Forgot that's on there. Atomic Dog, Body Slam, Payback. You guys, right? You guys kill it on there. Uh, I think we do think. I think we did think too. Uh, yep. Think. Yeah. Yep. Pumping it up. Yeah. We we faked that one. <laughs> and Steve Sells uh, makes an appearance also. Yep. Yeah. That's the year I first started working with Stevie. Yeah, I think it's two thousand five, right? Yeah. Yeah, that came out in two thousand five, but that 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 uh, that concert was from two thousand four in, in Belgium. So, for shows uh, more recent of Slapback, uh, you know how much of it is covers versus originals these days? 
kind of depends where, where where we're playing. And I think I think for me, it's it, it kind of became more about branding for Slapback than it is. Hey, I wrote this song. Check it out. You know, because when back when you first started, it was all about it being so important to get our songs across. And and now I really just I like I find joy in seeing people getting excited about something that they recognize, but done our way. So it's still like having our people are still getting the slapback vibe, mm-hmm. but. It might be, you know, uh, uh, a song I would never ever cover, but I like, like we do "Hot for Teacher" by Van Halen, um, and it's funky, completely different, you know. Van Halen, Van Halen fans would probably just get the hives if they heard it, but other people they're just like, "Whoa!" But you know, and and I, I actually get a kick out of doing that stuff, you know. So people still. What they get when they see Slapback Live, they still know they're only going to get that at a Slapback show. They can't get that somewhere else because no one else is going to play those songs the way we do it. And then we do medleys where we mix in Slapback songs that go into you know someone else's song. Of course, you also did that update of Lowrider too that had some success for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that was that was. We could thank Redeem White for that. He stayed on me for that. He stayed on me, stayed on me. He's like, Joe, better do like the low rider. I'm like, <clears throat> can I do Cisco Kid or The World is a Ghetto or Slipping in the Darkness? Because I I didn't like Low Rider. Low Rider is my least favorite war. And I love war, but Low Rider was just kind of the poppy. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, that's not slapback. Who make it slapback? I'm like, no, <laughs> it really didn't seem like that was doable. And then just one day I happened to be like in the kitchen and I just heard it. And I just, and it, this whole thing just started coming to me from the drop it down low and all that stuff. It like literally happened just one day because I couldn't, if I don't like a song, I can't hear what to do with it, you know? And that, that one just kind of dropped on me like that. But I, there's so many war songs that I love yeah. that I wanted to do. Because I'm, I'm a big war fan. That's just not my favorite one. You know? Have you ever tried playing Heartbeat? Heartbeat? From Why Can't We Be Friends? The same album as Lowrider. I don't know that one. Go listen Heart- to that one. That one is really? funky. Really? Yeah. Which one has a... Don't, 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 Yeah, baby brother. Don't, 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 don't. Deliver the World or one of those. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got I had I had the uh I had the four cassette tape comp compilation war. So I didn't know where a lot of the songs, what records it came off of, but yeah, I, I love heartbeat for one of his uh better known songs. Oh he did? Yeah, on the um power album. Oh, okay. You know Ice T at all. Yeah, I never um, forget that album cover. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Guys won't forget that album cover. No, no. So I, I pulled some other things out here, Jared, that I know I think you were involved in. Um, oh, yeah. So we the, got uh, Octopussy, the, we got uh, Dodge. And how'd you become Dutch, involved with some of these cats? I call those guys the, uh, the, the Dutch funk. Yeah. 
Yeah, they um when when uh we got with Funk Funk to the Max put out Ghetto Funkography, and those guys were part of Funk to the Max. And so when we went out to uh that same time Stevie Salas went out there and slapped back plate Europe for the first time, we I did a session for both of those guys while I was out while I was out there. And um I think when I did the the Dodge thing, I think Fuzzy from uh, P Funk, that was Fuzzy's son, that sing on her as well. Okay. But uh, yeah, so that's how I hooked up with those guys. It was just kind of like, hey, come put some of your you know flavor on this. Is that like, cool? Yeah, that's uh, I've loved seeing that over probably the past twenty years. You know the international. Uh, you know, market or world picking up the funk, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's great. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's funny is um, what, what, what did you think about Bruno Mars and uh, when he came out with Uptown Funk? Are you asking me? Yeah. I was just curious because a lot of, a lot of funketeers are very uh, uh, unhappy about that. Well, yeah, I'll tell you how I feel. When I first heard it, I was like, wow, that sounds like that. And it sounds like that. And it sounds like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, right. I was like, wow, it's interesting. This guy's having such a big hit with this when it's right. really such uh, an amalgam of right. like other stuff, whether right. it's Roger or the Gap Band or, you know, right. all that. So um, yeah. I was glad that something that at least was reasonably funky was getting attention and getting airplay and bringing attention, I hope to the original and the real funk. So I'm not a Bruno Mars fan per se, yeah. but um, I don't hold any grudge or animosity. Right. about it. You know, I feel exactly the way you did. And people, I mean, when that song came out, my email just went nuts because people were like, man, it sounds like that's only something you would do. I mean, aren't you upset? Aren't you? I'm like, no, because you don't understand. I go, if I had done Uptown Funk, it wouldn't have seen the light of day. And people, they don't know the industry enough to know. They think a hit song is created by someone writing a hit song. I go, a hit song is only a hit song if the machine gets behind it and makes it a hit song. Nowadays, it's even worse because, you know, for us, back when we hear a song maybe twice, maybe three times a day, People hear songs like, you know, 15, 20 times a day now because they really force in uh, it, but, you know, what they want you to like on the radio now. It's these, by these pop radio. But I go, but for him, for him and Mark Ronson to come up with a song that has funk in the title and it is funk, I go, I think it's the greatest thing ever. I was so, I was happy about it, but a lot of guys are like, oh. I like to have horns. I like hearing horns again. Yes. Yeah. I like the horns, the claps, the you know, the, the 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 fact that it sounded like real real drums and you know, and to me it it sound it had more of a Morris Day in the time, uh Minneapolis flavor to me. I was really shocked when Charlie Wilson uh sued him and won. Especially for a song that Charlie Wilson ripped off P Funk from, but yeah. that, 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 that. I mean, like, 
So maybe George should come back and sue you now for that after all these. Yeah, I, mean, I was just like, wow. I was really shocked. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, I didn't know you. First of all, I didn't know that you could sue someone for a chant. It wasn't even a melody. But I thought for sure the time could have, you know, come in and and and, and maybe, you know, ruffle some feathers because it did sound like the time to me. And and Roger and Zap. Yeah, I think Roger and Zap did go after him. I don't know if they got anything. Yeah. Oh, they did afterwards? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Probably not. So, Jerry, I don't want to keep you too much longer, but I do yeah. want to uh, go back and touch on your solo record, which you had mentioned, and that came yeah. out in 2014, which is your most recent recorded project, right? Right. Right, right. So how did it come to be that you finally accepted doing a record on your own, and how did it turn out, and how was it received, you know, um, against your expectations well i i knew i knew it wouldn't have i knew it wouldn't get the uh, attention that slapback does because you know jared harris and slapback it's like slapback's the brand and and again since i'm not the type to be jared all the time jared 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 i knew it would be like oh it's oh it's, some people know me you know what i mean but uh, a lot of people that are slapback fans, I won't say a lot, but I did get some emails where it's like, I love slapback, I love slapback, but you know, your solo record is like, it's not funk. And I'm like, yeah, it's not. It wasn't supposed to be. <laughs> you know, it's since it's me by myself. And I think that's where people get misled by, you know, being attached to slapback and I'm the same person that's being, you know, the the real foundation of slapback because most of the time I'm doing 80% of the slapback records, you know, whoever changes in the band, I might throw them in there to get them to be a part of it. But the records are always usually done by me, you know, for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if you, if you're if you're deep enough, you can hear there's at least two songs that I would say are funk, like Trading Day and uh uh I Am the Only One. Like those those I, I wanted to make sure to have a couple funk tunes on there, but the rest is like just what I'm made of, you know. So I, I just kind of did things that I would want to do without having without having to worry about being too far away from what slapbacks branded branded you know, itself fast. So I figured with my solo record, I could do that and have songs like So What or, you know, So Dog or any other song that starts with So. <laughs> <laughs> have you performed uh, any of those tracks live? Or? Slapback would play So What. <clears throat> and I think we played, we played Idiot for a while, but I have, I have a, uh, uh, like an all-star band that matter of fact we're playing a first show june 21st and it's my drummer from if it ain't broke don't funk with it uh andrew jaimez slim who was came in later like during the uh uh underground mayhem he's a bass player also guitar player my old singer cookie um and a keyboard a keyboard player that i've never you know i haven't done slapback with and it's like a five piece. I'm playing guitar and we're doing 
at least five or six songs off of that, off of the solo record. So I'm looking forward to it because a lot of these songs we never played live. So I'll I'll post some stuff so people can start seeing that stuff live because it's really only slapback doing so what. Yeah. So you'll have you'll have some solo stuff, some slapback stuff, some cover tunes. They'll be yeah. next. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. That'll be cool. Yeah, and Slapback's doing our first show after after a six month hiatus. We're playing this Saturday. Well, for that'll be Passed by the time this airs, but yeah, yeah, for sure. But I'm just, you know, I'm saying we're 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 dusting off the cobwebs, and show's gonna be crazy. And and the one thing I will say that I'm, uh, in with, I'm happy with is, uh, sometimes you gotta take a little break. We were playing quite a bit, but man, I posted that we were coming back, and it's just been, man, you can't get reservations. Like it's it's gonna be mayhem this this Saturday, because you know. Do you, do you feel do you feel like you get a sense you know we talked about uptown being a hit uptown funk but do you get a sense that funk is having a bit of a renaissance do you think can we be that positive about it i think so i think so and but you know it's crazy even out here with but the younger even the younger hipsters like the you know uh funk is like a big thing right now it's weird it's like uh it's some of these like younger white people, uh, kids, you know, like even like Daz band, there wasn't like a big, big funk band, but it'll be like, oh yeah, no Daz band. I'm like, really? You know, I had a couple of interns that were working for a track light and they were younger and I was just shocked by what these, what these guys are exposed to now. And I think Bruno Mars had a lot to do with that. I really do. Like Bruno Mars, I think also just Clinton and P Funk hammering away nonstop and playing colleges and doing yeah. like Lollapalooza and those kind of shows. Right. You know? Right. Right. Yeah. Um, it's been a trip for me because, you know, I went way back mothership era where there was no other white face but me. <laughs> and then going more current day where there's very few right. faces of color. You know? Right. Right. It's right. It, it, it's really is amazing because I was telling my, my buddy I go if it wasn't for uh, mostly the Latinos, like black people like walked away from funk when hip hop came and just like a lot of the younger uh, black kids would be like, well, what's that? I don't know what that is. I'm like, really? You don't know who James Brown is? I'm like, no. It's weird. They know their samples. That's about it. Right. Yep. But it's just really strange because it's just I'm I'm working on a documentary right now called The Disappearance of uh, Black Bands because the conspiracy. And uh and it's and it's just I researched some things and it really is a conspiracy. It really is. It's it's really strange. And 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 I I actually you're a person I like to talk to because you uh you've uh, you actually have a lot of did you write a book too? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for everything's on the one that first got a funk. Nice. Yeah, but yeah, I was around when that whole Black Rock Coalition started up. Yeah, and, right. And uh, you know, and uh, we, yeah. that's where, that's where we got discovered. What's that? Black, that's where we got discovered. It was a Black Rock Coalition show. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was. There's been discrimination all along the way. I mean, yeah, you know, uh, in so many ways, but especially on both, on both sides too. Yeah. 
and that's that's the thing I mean get to talk about, but uh, Slapback experienced that a lot with the first record because we were literally half black, half white. So we do a lot of these 92.3 to beat shows where it's all black people. And you should hear the stuff we hear on stage before we played our first note. Like, you know, some people yelling at the, I had two guitar players, one was black, one was white. And black people were almost like, reach out to the to the black guitar player like, oh, why do you need that white boy up there to help you play guitar? Like that kind of stuff. It was like, we experienced so much of that in the nineties, mostly from, from that side. But I think as far as the industry goes, it may have been more of like the quiet discrimination happening, but as far as the discrimination that was in our face, most of it came from the black side at that at that time, because I think, you know, it, it's just weird. It was weird for them to see a mix, a mix like that playing. And most people didn't know who we were until we played the last song, which was True Confessions. They're like, oh, I know that song. Yeah, I mean, then it'd be like, oh, okay. <laughs> It just, uh, it disgusts me so much. I mean, I've dealt with it my whole life being, you know, a fan of black music and getting right. ostracized from right. both sides also because of that. Right, right. Um, of course. And I was there uh, when Prince got booed off the stage at the Coliseum opening for the Stones. Oh, with the Rolling Stones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I've seen a lot of it. So, yeah, I'd love to talk to you aside from this. Yes. That, um, no, I'm serious. You, you, I'm sure you have a lot of good things. That would be really usable for that. But uh, yeah, it's when I tell you some of the stuff I've discovered, it's kind of a trip because music is the most powerful thing that that the system has to 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 control. You know, music is very powerful. Music, media, of course. So when you see how music went from Bill Good, you know, coming out of from James Brown, say it loud, I'm black and I'm proud and trying to stand up and for a cause and not just being, you know, black and being thuggy and just acting out like how, you know, around colors came in the late 80s. But it's just interesting when you see how it went from feel good music to earth and fire, all this stuff to even when the rap came, it was like, sort of hip, up, hip, or MC Hammer was still light. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they just, it was all about if you didn't have a, 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 a criminal record you weren't even legit enough to get signed like that was the era of, like you have to be a criminal to get signed with hip-hop in the, in the early 90s otherwise you weren't real but at the same time they were signing like backstreet boys and nsync and that, that could be like yeah. you'd be nice guys but then it was it's some interesting stuff i've been doing a lot of research and it's really interesting that's cool, that's yeah, cool. Continue, let's continue that conversation yeah, we will for sure. We will for sure. Great. Thanks for having me. I appreciate, it, man. I'm I gotta mention. I gotta mention a couple other things. Okay. One is that if people haven't looked on YouTube and seen you on those videos where you're laying down all the instruments, those videos are so cool and fun. You know. Thanks. So, and, and on that one track, uh, one video, I think you are doing the time song. Yeah. Yeah. Some, and, some, some uh, do. Yeah. Maybe a, a cameo also. Yeah, she's strange. And one other one. Uh, a humping by uh, Gap Band. Yeah, yeah, interesting mm -hmm. choice. So, yeah. yeah, that is so cool. Was that hard to splice together? Uh, well, no, I I played it as as a medley. I didn't splice it. You mean, you mean the editing? Because what yeah. I did basically is I did the drums 
and it's not spicy. I just played it and I just kind of made transitions to how we're going to to one song. So it really is me playing every instrument live, but I just it's the way I edit it <clears throat> between cameras because I didn't want to do like a split screen of like five, four, five different. I just that's not my favorite look. So I just was cutting between like kind of the highlights. Oh, this is worth showing the guitar right here because it's a cool lick. But I played all of it uh, live. So I did the drums all the way through from She's Strange Humping to 7779311. Then did the bass, keyboards. I think I did I think I did guitar next. And then I did bass and then keyboards and hand claps. It was fun to do. Yeah. I just, you know, I think it was just me thinking for once I maybe put myself out there just because people, because I'm always quiet about it. And maybe the girl I was dating at the time was saying like, you know, you need to start putting yourself out. No one knows. No one even knows you play all the instruments. So I think, I think that's why I, I did it. Same reason why I did my solo record. <clears throat> and the solo record was really done in, the whole concept of the solo record was for me to do a whole record from scratch, write it, produce it, record it in a month. So I did nine songs in November of 2007. And I, that was, that was going to be the record. And then I ended up doing Jordan Sparks afterwards. So it sat, I never finished it. So then a year passed. Then I, Oh, here's another song. So I threw that on there, but nine of the, 15 songs were done in 30 days. Read, wrote it from scratch, recorded it, everything. Wow. wow. So I was just like kind of challenging myself, saying, oh, I could do it. I could do a record by myself in a month. <laughs> Starting to get into Prince territory. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Sometimes you have to challenge yourself. I'm sure I'm sure I'll do it again. Because there's there's different things that come out of me when I know I can just do something next to thinking, oh, I don't know if so-and-so is going to sing this that way or so-and-so is going to play it that way. So whenever I do slapback songs, I have slapback in mind. But when I did my solo thing, it's just, I could bend the notes however I want to and know I can harmonize with it. And is it? that's why it's such a very uh, uh, diverse record too. Before we part, Doctor, I want to ask you, what would you say to this point is your most one or two unforgettable moments being in a musical career? Well, I would say for sure, working with my heroes in the studio with uh, Bootsy and George, I'll never forget that. Um, and uh, uh, I think the, the moment, another really unforgettable moment was we were kind of coming, coming on the on the downside of fast food funketeers, and we got asked to do a uh, uh, we got asked to headline the show because ninety two point three to beat their headliner fell out, and they wanted us to close the show. And we did a Long Beach show, and it was in front of like maybe six thousand people. And I'll never forget us from the time starting warming the crowd. We slap back. Always has to work hard because no one really knows. Who we are until we get to like you know true confessions especially back then but we, i remember getting to give me that funk and we used to extend giving that funk and jam on it and there was a point where i had the whole audience going slap back fast food funk the tears and it was just 
to see a whole crowd of people having a good time chanting that. I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that. That's got to be an incredible feeling. It really is. Because that's really, hopefully, that's what we do this for. Because at my age, it's really, I think it's fine. I have my life. I don't, it's not for money. But when you have something that's in you, and now I want to try to use it because I there's things I'm 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 a little bit more aware of things now. There's things I want to help. There's things I want to do that involves like helping situations. So back, yeah. yeah. So this that's why that's why I do it. And you know, I thank God I he gave me the talent for that and I could use it for that. But all that and I'm doing films now too. So you're on with your bad self. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Cam. Right. Keep going, man. That's yeah, well, right. that's fantastic, man. We're glad glad that you are, and you know, thank you so much for the music you've done to this point, oh, and uh, for my you pleasure know, me for the show. It's been a blast. Sure. I hope you had a good time. Yeah, I did. Anytime, man. Anytime. If I ever, if you ever need a, uh, we need to continue one of those stories that would take the whole length of the show. <laughs> we'll do that. <laughs> I know, but well, so, thanks for having me. What's the best way for everyone to keep up with you and Slapback? You know, I, I would say normally the website, but right now uh, the website's been, not, I mean, everything that had the website on it is gone. So uh, I'm, I'm just now getting things restructured. I just, you know, we bought a house, so it's been getting that together. I'm just now turning my slapback Jerry Harris artist hat back on. So I'm just, it's just getting it together now. So I'm really happy with the studio I have now and, yeah, I'm I'm ready to go. I'm finishing my movie right now, which is it'll be available on iTunes, Google Play, and uh, Amazon Prime to start. Then it'll be like Netflix and Hulu and stuff like that. But it's it's starring my rapper TJ in it, and it's 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 hilarious. It's like a funny kind of pulp fiction kind of thing. It's called uh, the Fumble and Rise of Jim Parker. So look out for that. But I directed it, shot it, and all that stuff. So for now, Facebook following, is that the best way? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Facebook. And usually the Jerry Harris Facebook is better than the Slapback Facebook. It is the most active. Very good. Well, once again, thank you. It's been a blast. and um, My pleasure, man. Good luck. good luck with the film and good luck with all your pursuits, Jerry. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it, man. Hey, as I told you, we got a little bit into the cave vibe at the end there with the Truth and Rhythm Studios. The lights had gone out, and I uh, tried to keep the bats away. But uh, we got through it, and I hope you enjoyed it. Wasn't Jerry a lot of fun to talk to? He's certainly been through the music industry and life ringer in general. But uh, through it, he's shown that he's so resilient and also positive. Got to love that. The bottom line is that Jerry is a tremendous talent. I urge you to support Slapback Music and his other creative pursuits. Again, I send special thanks to Jerry Harris, for sharing his time and stories with us. Also, sincere thank you to you, the viewers and listeners. Be sure to look out for upcoming Truth and Rhythm episodes and catch up with previous installments on funkinstuff.net, on YouTube, iTunes, and other leading providers. Be sure to subscribe to Truth and Rhythm. You do that by subscribing to the Funkin' Stuff channel on YouTube. We need your support. Show the world that you love these artists and you support their music their creations and all they've brought to your lives and made your lives so enriched with their great music funk jazz and r&b 
That's what we feature on this program. Show your support. If you've already subscribed, get friends and family to do so. Yeah. <laughs> Want to hear from you also. So drop me an email at scottg at funkinstuff.net. Let me know who else you want to see on the show. This is a two-way dialogue, people. You know, and I'm hearing from a lot of you, but keep it coming. Okay? So I love it. As always, until next time, this is Scott, Dr. GX Scrollfine. Probably next time I will be coming from from the uh, Truth and Rhythm Studios once again. Although if you like this, let me know that too. And maybe I'll do more outside or remote uh, intros and outros. But until then, keep on vibrating to the rhythm of the one. <laughs>